Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. You may be seated if you can. Give me some more monitor, brother. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. It feels so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Turn around and tell your neighbor it feels good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. There's things you can get here that you can't get anywhere else. Amen. Uh, the reason why we worship the way we worship is because um, the Bible says you need to know your purpose. And when you know your purpose and you know what God has done in your life, you can't but worship and praise God and give God all the honor and the glory. Not only that, but the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. Even the trees praise him. The ocean praise him. Everything that has breath praises the Lord. Can you say amen, church? So I want to express to you today, amen. Somebody can get, somebody's going to get filled with the Holy Ghost here today. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues, God's going to fill somebody here today. He's going to heal somebody, deliver them, and set them free. We believe in the power of God. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, we believe in the power of God. We don't just come to you and preach to you. We preach. Paul says, I don't just come with you in enticing words. I come to you in the, in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we believe that God can deliver you. God can set you free. Amen. And anything, any situation that's going on around you, God can do anything uh, greater than any doctor, any lawyer, any judge, anything at all, any psychologist. God can deliver you and God can set you free. No offense to those professions, but I'm just letting you know Jesus is greater. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 2 and 3. Amen. I want to share with you a thought today that I have that the Lord impressed in my heart. Amen. That we need to look and see what God is doing in our lives. Can you say amen, church? Amen. Let's all stand at the reading of the word. If you can all stand, turn to your neighbor and tell him, just, let's just stand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Bible says, Isaiah 45, verse 2 and 3, it says, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut and sunder the bars of iron. I will give thee the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by name, am the God of Israel. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer and ask him to bless this preaching here today. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, Lord, we give you the honor, the glory. 
We ask you, Lord, to speak to us here today, God. Use your servant, Lord, for revelation. That your name may be uplifted, that you may be praised. Speak to us here today. And give us demonstration of your power here today. We thank you. We love you. Be careful to give you the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Let's give God a round of applause. Amen. I don't know. I don't know if this was done already, but you can uh, go ahead and turn around and greet your neighbor or walk out at your pew and greet your neighbor and welcome them to the house of the Lord. Don't be shy. Amen. Don't be embarrassed. Amen. Just welcome them to the house of the Lord. Amen. That's all right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're all brothers and sisters in the house. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. That was a short greet, but that's all right. All right. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. Praise the Lord. The title of my preaching here today, God does some of his best work in the dark. Turn to your neighbor and tell him God does his best work in the dark. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm here to tell you that in the scriptures that we just read, the Bible says, I will go before thee and make thy crooked places straight. But one of the portion of scriptures that I want to really hit in that uh, scripture, one of the areas is, I will give thee the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. The Bible tells us that here, when we look at darkness, me and you, we look at isolation. We look at a place where it is isolated, dark, and lonely. And in some cases, to us, that's punishment. Uh, some people will look at going to jail, amen, and being in isolation, amen, as the state sees it as punishment. But yet, the Bible tells us here that in darkness, God will reveal some stuff to you and give you some things that you never had before according to the scripture. Darkness becomes more, uh, I guess you can say, fearful uh, because sounds become greater. Shadows become more bigger. Can you say amen, church? Amen. There are things that happen in the darkness that sometimes expound, amen, your fear. And all of a sudden now it is difficult for you because even just your, your bed shaking you think there's somebody there. Amen. Some of us think that uh, the, when the wind blows, amen, you think there are people outside. Amen. You think people are speaking. All of a sudden in the darkness, it's very hard. It's very difficult because darkness to us, amen, we don't want to be in darkness. Nobody desires to be in the darkness. No, everybody desires to be in the light. This is why in the morning, 80% um, of our of people, of human beings, wake up and go to work where the other 20 to 30% do graveyard. Can you say amen? So I want you to understand that here it is a natural thing to wake up in the morning and be in the morning and have go to work and have your day and at night go to sleep. As a matter of fact, you're supposed to sleep. Matter of fact, they tell us, the, the uh, doctors tell us that physically you need sleep. 
you've seen people, I'm not going to mention any names, but you've seen people that have been up for long days, long times, and day two, day three, day four, and they are not thinking correctly. They can't think and they can't function correctly because they've been up for so many days. So you need your sleep. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you need your sleep. Amen. So the portion of scripture that we go over here today is implying that there is something in the dark that is of great value. And when you start to look at the scripture, it tells you when you are in darkness, that's when God starts working in your life. And some people, darkness is different. And some people, confusion is darkness for you. For some people, sadness is darkness for you. For some people, not having a financial status is difficult for you. It becomes darkness. Amen. Some things happen in your life. Trauma becomes darkness. And I want you to understand that here the Bible tells us that when you are in darkness, God is about to reveal some stuff to you because in darkness, God does his best work. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, in darkness, God does its best work. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that when he created the heavens and the earth, that the Bible says that the, the earth was in darkness and it was void. And the Bible says that the very first thing he did was start preaching life to darkness. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So the Bible tells us that here in darkness, uh, God even spoke to the darkness, and darkness had to yield to God because God is God. Can you say amen, church? So when the Lord speaks, he speaks life, and he speaks he speaks life and he directs wherever he's going to direct it. So we serve a God that is not a weakling. We serve a God that can change things. We serve a God that can deliver and set free. So the Bible tells us that here in darkness, he just spoke it and yet it had to go ahead and listen. The Bible also says in Genesis 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 5, it says, And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. According to the scriptures, the Bible tells us that the evening and the morning were the first day. Me and you wake up early in the morning when the sun is out, but God didn't have to do that because he was God. So he worked even in the evening where there was no sun, S-U-N. But yet he works, he'll work with you and work in you even in the darkest hour of your day. Even in the midnight hour, it becomes difficult for you. There's some people that in the midnight hour, it's the loneliest time in the whole night, in the midnight hour. And it becomes very lonely, but yet... God will start working in your life because he does not do, uh, he does not work only in the day. He doesn't work only when the sun is out, S-U-N. He comes, he works in the nighttime and that's when he does his best work. Sometimes at night, that's when you cried out during the night when you were lost and confused and headed for a devil's hell. And God delivered you and set you free in the midnight hour. 
Can you say amen, church? Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that Job was going through some stuff in his life. And Job was going through some things and he understood that there were some trials and tribulations he had to go through. As a matter of fact, Job 35, 9, and 10 says this, By reason of the multitude, the oppressions, they make the oppressed to cry. And they cry out by reason of the arm of the mighty. But, but none saith, Where is God my maker, who giveth songs in the night? The Bible tells us that even... Uh, when somebody gets converted and gets baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, that God will give you a joy that surpasses all understanding. He gives you something that you're not normal. You're not like, this, you're not like everybody else. You're a child of the King. You've been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. You're now going into the kingdom of God when you decide to serve the Lord with all your heart. Come on, somebody give God a round of applause. So you are not the same. So then when you are not the same, the Bible says uh, when you go through some stuff, the Bible tells us that all things work together for good to them that love God that are called according to his purpose. So even though you're going through some things, there's some good stuff that's going to come out of it because God promised you that you're not going to be the same, in the same situation and the same thing. God is going to do something great in your life and take you to the next level of your life. So this is why the Bible says that where is my maker who, God, who, who giveth songs in the night? Even when you are in trial, trials and tribulations and desperation in confusion and sadness, God will give you a song. When somebody sings a song, it's because they got joy in their heart. When you ever seen somebody at work and they have a, a song, they're, they're, they're singing a, a song and, and the wife is, is humming something at the work. Amen. There's, there's peace in the home. There's something there when you start to go ahead and start singing. And this is why when you're in darkness, you got to start looking past of what the darkness is and start looking at what God wants in your life. We can focus on the darkness and never see the God of the glory and the God of darkness that's there that's about to give you the treasures that you need. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that when God starts to deal with you, it's he deals with you in order to take you to a place so that you can see yourself. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you need to see yourself. Can you say amen, church? God takes you to a place so that you can see yourself. It's so easy for us to preach to other people, but it's hard for us to preach to ourselves. Can you say amen, church? Lord, have mercy. Amen. So the Bible tells us in the tabernacle, uh, they have the outer court, the inner court, and the, holies of hol the holy place and the holies of holies. And God chose yet to interact with uh, with mankind in the holies of holies, in the outer court, in the inner court, and in the holies of place, there is a light. As a matter of fact, there's candlesticks in the, in the holy place. But in the holies of holies, there is no light. As a matter of fact, it's completely covered in the dark. 
So when the priest goes into the tabernacle, the Bible tells us that here he's walking into darkness in order for him to get a revelation of what God has for him up ahead. I'm here to tell you that darkness sometimes, some of you that are in darkness, I'm here to preach to some of you that are in darkness and you're going through some stuff in your life that God's about to reveal some things in you and reveal some things to you because you're in the situation that you're in. I wish I had a witness in the house. That God is about to do something in your life because he's no longer... We serve the God that can pierce right through darkness and get you the message anyway. Come on, somebody. In the middle of darkness, God loves you. It doesn't matter what it is or what it's like. Amen. This is one of the reasons why, amen, you need to go ahead and put God first in everything that you do. Amen. Even in your darkest hours, God loves you. It doesn't matter what you've done or what happened in your life. God loves you in your darkest hours. Can you say amen, church? Amen. So I want you to understand that I have a few examples here today that I'm about to share with you because Jacob was one man that here the Bible says he wrestled with God in the nighttime. In the nighttime is where you start wrestling some stuff. As a matter of fact, some of you dread night because you have so much anxiety in your life. Can you say amen, church? Some of you dread nighttime because you start thinking within your own thoughts what's going to happen to you and what's going to happen for the future. You start looking at yourself and even the condition of where you're at and the things that are happening in your life. And you're looking at yourself and saying, I'm just, I only went so far. And you measure your life with your spirituality. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. This is, if we see it that way, then Paul needed to look at it and say, he's bankrupt completely. But spiritually, he's a rich man. Can you say amen, church? So you can never measure your spirituality with materialistics. You can never measure Jacob was one that wrestled with God. And when he wrestled with the Lord at night, the Bible even tells us, the angel says, let me go because the day breaketh. The day's about to come. He says, we've been wrestling all night. And here God wants to give you an answer at nighttime, even in the middle of your distress, even the middle of the confusion. You need to get down on your knees and pray unto the Lord and, and get an answer from the Lord and let God answer you right in the middle of your distress. Because you didn't create yourself. You cannot go to yourself for the answer because you did not create yourself. When a man created, a, when the Ford creates a, a car, they created with a manual to tell you exactly what everything belongs to because you get in your car and you still don't know what the buttons belong to. Some of you don't know. You, some of you still look at the same button and say, I don't know. If I don't need it, I'm not going to use it. So I'm not going to push it. And that's it. You need to understand that you are here for a purpose and God made you for a purpose. And you got to ask the one that created you why you're going through what you're going through so he can give you the answer up ahead. Can you say amen, church? Oh, I wish I had a witness. 
There's going to be some times where you don't understand what God is doing. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you're not going to understand. And that's okay. Because the Bible says your thoughts, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I wish I had a witness in the house. Here's where faith comes in. Where faith has to go supersede and pass everything else that's going on in your life. And you got to learn to trust in God and say, God, regardless whether I don't understand it, I'm still going to trust in you and give you the honor and the glory regardless of what comes my way. I wish I had some people that had faith in the house. Come on, would you praise God right there where you're at? Would you trust in the Lord with all your heart? Would you praise him for five seconds right there where you're at? Would you lift up your hands and praise God right there for five seconds? Remember, the praise don't belong to you. It belongs to God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The Bible tells us that here Jacob wrestled with God in order because of the things that were happening in his life. He was a deceiver, a manipulator. It was everything else. But yet he came to a point in his life where he, where he was sick and tired of being sick and tired. So he came to a point where he says, I need an answer from the Lord. I need God to show me what I need to do. And God showed him something. When you start wrestling with God, God's going to do some stuff in you that you're not going to be the same anymore after you wrestle with God. Once you go ahead and start talking to the Lord and get into a place of understanding, you are no longer the same. God's going to change you. God's going to deliver you. God's going to set you free. You're going to walk different. You're going to talk different. You're going to act different. You're going to be different because God is God. And the transformation happens in your life. And it happened in Jacob's life where he started to understand what God wanted in his life. When you start understanding, it is so powerful when you start to understand what God can do in your life. But first, you got to get rid of who, what you think about yourself. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, get rid of it. Stop thinking that you ain't good enough. Or some of you think you're too good for God to deal with. Stop thinking that way. The Bible tells us that we come short of the glory of God every day. I wish I had a witness in the house. That we all come short of the glory of God. That we need to bow down to the glory of God. The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. So I want you to understand that when Jacob began to wrestle with God, he wanted to take him to the next level. Turn to your neighbor and tell him the next level. The next level is different for you because you ain't never been there before. So the next level is weird. It's kind of not even not in the right place for you to be at because God wants to take you to the next level. And in order for him to take you to the next level, you're going to have to go through some darkness in your life in order for God to get you to the place where you need to be. You're going to have to go through some pain. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you got to go through some pain. Because when you think that you shouldn't be there, God has you exactly where you need to be. 
where you think that you shouldn't be going through the trial and the tribulation, God has you right where you need to be. Because God is saying, I'm going to take you to the next level of your life. You got to just continue to be in darkness because I'm going to reveal some stuff to you that the darkness will dissipate and the revelation will come to pass in your life. Turn to your neighbor and tell him your eyes will adjust. When you're in darkness, your eyes start to adjust. Turn off all the lights and your eyes start to adjust after a while. And you start, by the time you know it, you can see okay in the dark. And you can see God is saying, let the, let the darkness dissipate for a little bit. And then start seeing the treasures that God has in the darkness for you. God's about to reveal some stuff in your life. Lord have mercy. The Bible tells us about another individual named Gideon. Gideon was a man that didn't think of himself as too highly. As a matter of fact, God, he came, when God came to him, he said, I'm nobody. I'm the poorest. I am the loneliest. My tribe, the Benjamites, we're, we're, we're nobody on the, on the scale. As a matter of fact, the Lord called him the mighty man of valor. He couldn't see himself as a mighty man of valor. This is why you need to get rid of how you see yourself. Because God sees you totally different than you see yourself. Just because you've been through some stuff in the past doesn't mean that that's who you are. Can you say amen, church? Just because you went to jail or you went to the hospital or you went to prison or you, did, uh, you went to the mental hospital doesn't mean that that's who you are. You need to understand that God will take you to the next level of your life. When you learn to surrender to God, God will take you to the next level of your life. In the middle of the darkness, God will do something that will change you from one moment to the next. Lord have mercy. The Bible says that Gideon didn't think himself to be something great, but God seen a mighty man of valor. When he had to, the Bible tells us that he wouldn't even take God's word as true and genuine. As a matter of fact, he had to go into the enemy's camp to get an, a revelation. The Bible tells us that here the enemy, as he was hearing at night, the enemy started talking about him and how much power he had and how God was going to use him to destroy his own enemies. So I want you to understand that in the middle of darkness, God will reveal some stuff to you. And not only that, when he reveals it to you, you got to act upon it. The Bible tells us that all of a sudden now, Gideon, he tells Gideon, I want you to go to the darkest uh, time at night. I want you to go on the mountaintops and I want you to take a pot. I want you to take a light and I want you to take very little men. And I want you to go over there in the middle of darkness. I want you to start shouting and giving God the honor and the glory. And the enemies will start running from to and fro. And the Bible says that he began to go ahead and take it. Sometimes you don't understand the logic or comprehend what God is doing. But all you got to do is be obedient. Turn to your neighbor and tell him all you got to do is be obedient. 
All you got to do is be obedient and let God do what he has to do in your life. And God will take you to the next. Ah, Pastor, I do not understand. It's okay if you don't understand it because God doesn't deal with logic sometimes. He says, come on, walk on the water. It's all right. Don't worry about it. I'm, don't worry about it. I'm going to take you to the next level. You need to walk on the water. And once you walk on the water, I'm going to take you to the next level of your life. Come on, somebody. And the Bible tells us in Judges chapter 7, verse 21, And they stood, every man in his place, around about the camp, and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. The Bible tells us that he gets around with only 300 men, uh, equal to thousands and thousands of men. And yet God tells him, I need you to crack the pots and I need you to yell from the top of your lungs. And I need you to go ahead and flash the light. And the Bible says that the enemy got confused and started killing one another and fleeing one another. And by the time you know it, there was nobody in the camp and Gideon got all the, uh, got the glory and the victory. I'm here to tell you that sometimes it's not going to be the way you think it's going to be. Amen. God is going to go ahead and pull the things out and say, I need you to do this. I just need you to be obedient and do what I want you to do. And you're going to see the victory on the other side. Some of you don't understand it, can't comprehend it. Amen. There's no logic to it, but yet God already has it all under control. Can you say amen, church? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, just do it. The Bible tells us that the Israelites, when they are dealing with Pharaoh, the Bible tells us that here when they start dealing with Pharaoh, that they start dealing with Pharaoh and Pharaoh starts taking them to a place of master, of, of taskmaster and starts dealing with them so that he can bring down more pressure and more pressure. But yet the Bible tells us that at night they were delivered from Egypt at nighttime, they were delivered from that place. God could have chose the sun. God could have chose during the day. But he said, at nighttime, you got to learn how to go ahead and depend on me. Even though you can't see it with a natural eye, I want you to see it in the supernatural eye. Oh, I wish I had a witness. Some of you, even though God is pulling you out of some situation, you can't see it through the natural eye. You got to see it through the spiritual eye and say, God, I don't know what's going to happen or what's going to happen here, but I just want to serve you, God. And God, you do your best work at nighttime in the dark. You do your best work in the dark. I'm here to tell you that sometimes even though you don't understand it and you're in the dark and you can't comprehend it and you're by yourself, God does his best work in the dark. He will deliver you and set you free. Can you say amen, church? The Bible tells us that here, the Israelites need to be guided and directed by the Lord. And each and every one of us, whether you think you got it down, packed, and you have, it under, you have the understanding and the and the uh, logic of what you need to do, I'm here to tell you that you still don't know. Because you need to know who your God is, the one that created you in the first place, the purpose that you are here for. Do you know that you're the only one on the face of the earth? 
There is not another one like you. There's not another one that has your fingerprints. There's not another one that is like you. Amen. Thank God. Amen. That you are the only one that's here. I'm here to tell you that rarity is valuable. And when God made you, he made you for a purpose and for a reason. And this is why when God starts to deal with you, he wants to take some stuff out of you that God already put inside of you when he filled you with the Holy Ghost. God wants to take some stuff out of you so that you can go ahead and start performing what God wants in your life. God doesn't want you to stay in the same spot or stuck in the same area. He wants you to move forward for his honor and for his glory. Amen. This is why he said he's come to give us life and life in abundance. Amen. This is why he came to give us the Holy Ghost to give us power so that we can continue to keep moving forward for God's honor and glory. He didn't give you power just to stay there and stay seated. He gave you power to keep moving forward because the enemy was going to try to come against you but you got power to go against the enemy and move them out of the way and take them out of the situation because God's power and God's anointing is greater than darkness can you say amen church sometimes you got to change the atmosphere the Israelites needed to change the atmosphere Israelites needed to get out of the place where they were at and they got out of Egypt and they changed the atmosphere. God changed the atmosphere for them. Amen. You know that you can change your atmosphere. If you begin to praise God and worship the Lord, you'll change the atmosphere because the Bible says God dwells in the midst of the praises of his people. You begin to feel the presence of almighty God all over your body. You begin to feel the presence of God all over you because the Bible tells us that God will manifest himself with his people. Come on, do I, got, do I got 10 people that will lift up their hands and worship God right there where you're at and let the presence of God come down so that we can change this atmosphere right now. Some of you have doubt. Some of you have hatred. Some of you got anger. But I'm here to tell you that God will change your situation. Come on, would you worship with me? 10-second praise right there where you're at. Would you give him a 10-second praise right there where you're at? Hallelujah. You may be seated. Amen. God will take you out of your situation. Turn to your neighbor and tell him God will change it. See, the most problem that we have is we want to change it. But we don't want God to change it. Sometimes we don't want to wait on the Lord. We'd rather go on the internet and look. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. We'd rather go on the internet and look for a man or look for a woman instead of waiting for what God has. All right, we won't go there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. You got to wait upon the Lord and let God do what he has to do in your life. You got to pray. You got to seek the face of the Lord. Uh, come on, somebody. 
You got to let God be God in your life. Don't try to do it by yourself. You need to let God do what he has to do. Can you say amen, church? Lord, have mercy. Some of you good with that internet. Amen. We have Paul and Silas. The Bible tells us that they were in their darkest hour. Matter of fact, in prison, they don't have light. In those days, they didn't have light. Today, got HBO. Got Cinemax. You can protest. You got rights. If the food is not right, then you can change the menu. I'm just telling you the truth. (laughs) But in those days, there was no light, let alone HBO. So I want you to understand that here, when they would be in the dark, the Bible tells us that when they were in the dark prison, they were in the inner part of the prison. They weren't even in the outside of the prison, the outer parts, where maybe some moonlight could shine in. But they were in the inner part. In the inner part, they even had their, their feet in stocks and their hands in stocks where they were tied and they couldn't even move. And the Bible tells us that in the middle of all of that, they begin to praise God and worship the Lord. In the middle of darkness, in the middle of the condition, in the middle of everything that they were doing, they begin to give God the honor and the glory. They said, my feet could be in stocks. My hands could be in stock, but my voice I can lift up to the name of the Lord and start giving God some praise right in the middle of the darkness. Right in the middle of darkness, right in the middle of my condition, I can still give God the honor and the glory and the praise. My attitude has to change. I will change the atmosphere. I will change everything around it. I will be the one to go ahead and change it. Amen. My neighbor can't dictate to me how I'm going to be. My wife can't dictate to me how I'm going to be. My husband can't dictate to me how I'm going to serve God. You need to change your atmosphere and start giving God praise and worship right in the middle of your darkness. Come on, somebody. The Bible tells us that here, Paul and Silas went through some stuff. Because you know, when you've been married a while, you start to think the same. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You start to think the same. So if your wife is a complainer, Lord have mercy. Your husband's a complainer. Anyways, you get you get the story. So you need to understand that here you can't go. You need to you need to put them you need to put them on check. Because that's what's never in the house before. That attitude was not in the house before. So you can't live with that attitude and you can't be with that attitude because it was never there before. So you need to put that on check so that that way you can start looking at what God is doing in your life instead of, instead of go ahead and start talking about the people in church. Can you say amen, church? Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? <laughs> Amen. 
Because everything starts at the house. Turn to your neighbor and tell him everything starts at the house. Lord have mercy. We don't do it like that at the house. Everything starts at the house. Whether you want to admit it or not, whether you want to see it, everything starts at the house. So you need to understand that praise and worship and even going through trials and tribulations and giving God the honor and the glory start at the house. Even your kids will start looking at it and say, wait a minute, they're putting God first in everything that we do. There's not no food inside of the refrigerator, but they're putting God first and God's going to make a way out of no way. Amen. Our lights were shut off, but yet they're putting God first and God's going to make a way out of no way. I wish I had somebody that understood that everything starts in the house. Your attitude towards God starts in the house. Your attitude towards people starts started the house. Everything starts in the house. This is why Paul and Silas, when they began to get disciples from Jesus, it started in the house. And then now Jesus was putting into them, look, you need to praise God. You need to go past your circumstances and go past everything that's happening in your life. And you still got to worship me even in the middle of darkness. Because in the middle of darkness, I'll give you some treasures you ain't never seen before. There's some stuff inside of the darkness that you haven't seen or haven't experienced. But I'm about to bless you. The Bible says the angels came and all of a sudden opened the door. There was an earthquake and opened the door and they began to praise God. And the Bible says they let them out of the prison, took them out of the stocks and took them outside. And they began to preach and give God the honor and the glory. I'm here to tell you that God will open some stuff even in the midnight hour, even when you're down and out and it's hard for you God will open up some revelation and God will give you some insight of what you need to do to keep moving forward for God's honor and God's glory the devil is a liar I'm here to tell somebody and prophesy to somebody that you've been living in darkness for so long that no more from this day forward you're coming out I said you're coming out you're coming out to be a man of God and a woman of God and God is about to take you to the next level level can you say amen church so music please the bible tells us and i'm coming to an end turn to your neighbor town he's coming to an end the bible tells us that when jesus died there was an earthquake and darkness came upon the earth. And all of a sudden now, there was an operation that was take place and it was starting to take place in the spiritual realm that we could never ever see, but only through the scriptures. The Bible says that here in the middle of the darkness, when the, when the earthquakes happened and the sun, S-U-N, was, was blackened through the clouds, it turned like night. The Bible tells us that here Jesus, when he died, went down to death and hell and got the keys so that you don't have to go there anymore. 
in the middle of darkness, in the middle of all of that, people being fearful at the foot of the cross, and being fearful of the earthquake and the winds and everything else, the Bible tells us that God is in operation giving you eternal life. And it's so powerful that when God is such a giver and he continues to give you life and give you love and give you mercy, even though we don't deserve it, we come short of the glory of God every day. And we don't deserve the love of God and we don't deserve the mercy of God. It's God's grace and mercy that I can't comprehend sometimes. That even though he loves us, he still loves us regardless of what we do. And the Bible tells us that here, Jesus goes and gets the keys of death and hell and he pulls them out and here he gives it. And now we have the victory. No, we have, the, we have life. We have victory that we don't have to go to a devil's hell anymore. We can be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and make heaven our home. And we can walk into the pearly gates and give God all the honor and all the glory. The Bible says that except a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It's time for you to enter in. It's time for you to get in. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, just get in. You got to get into the kingdom of God and let God take you where he needs to take you. Can you say amen, church? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God does his best work in the dark. And the Bible tells us this. The Bible says this. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 says this. Put on the whole armor of God because God already got it. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God already got it. Here he got some victory. Here he has everything you need. So he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, to stand against the wiles of the devil. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the of this world. He said, look, I'm, I'm getting you prepared because there's some rulers in this world and I'm getting you prepared. I'm going to give you the power and I'm going to give you the armor that you need in order for you to overcome some stuff that comes your way. You can't do it by yourself. You'll kill your crazy self. So that's why you're going to need the armor in order for God to take you to the next level. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be withstand all the things that the enemy is going to come to you. And he's going to try to destroy you and come against you. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus already gave you the victory. He already has it already taken care of. All we got to do is walk in it. We got to talk in it. We got to be in it. We got to start being in it. We got to live in it. We got to see it. We got to be it. Somebody got to give God praise and worship because you no longer have to go to a devil's hell. But God did it for you. He went all the way down there, got the keys of death and hell, and he's giving you life and life in abundance. Come on, would you praise God right there where you're at? Would you give him a five-second praise right there where you're at? Come on, come on against the rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places he said i got you covered i got you covered don't worry about a thing i got you covered the devil is a liar greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world 
I'll stand.